Coming up on this episode, we begin with some candy history facts, shortcuts for Mac, and play TV commercial trivia. Then we get into the week's tech news surrounding the leaked Facebook papers. Stick around, it all starts for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 324, recorded October 25th, 2021. Three Musketeers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by two guys who are dressing as the scariest thing this Halloween, public discourse. It's Colby <laughs> Rabbit and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. How would you be public discourse for Halloween? Uh, that's I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> I think just to the Facebook news feed. You could be a reply guy. Yeah, that's good. You could dress up as the, the Twitter egg. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, actually, Sean, did you know that in some parts of the world it's not nighttime right now? Uh, don't mansplain me. Yeah, I'm really bad at coming up with Halloween costumes. So, yeah, I was gonna say, or you, you guys must be getting all dressed up this year. Come on, no. come on. As of now, no. Not planning on it. What's the day? Is it on Sunday? Oh, Sunday, 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 Sunday. Party Halloween Sunday. Gonna you stay know, inside it. that day. <laughs> a properly depressing theme for Halloween. <laughs> I will be, if you guys want to stop by my house, I will be giving out candy. So come on down. I, I already bought some, which means I'm already eating some. So I second Dan's question, but I think we know the answer based on that M&M wrapper. Oh, what what I'm giving out? Yeah, I give out the name. You know, there was it the wire cutter. Somebody had an article of like, you know, good but unusual candy to give out. And I'm like, I could do, it was like Japanese candies and all kinds of wacky stuff. But I'm like, I just went classic. So I did a, a M&M's Twix Snickers Milky Way mix. And I did a Reese's Cup, Reese's Pieces, Almond Joy, Kit Kat Hershey's mix. So your your standards. I like. That's cool. I always like to get Butterfingers. Nobody ever gets Butterfingers. Yes. And Butterfinger to me is one of those candies that I think is better in bite-sized form. Like, if you had to be an yes. entire thing of Butterfinger, I'd be like, that's too much. It gets bad by the end. It does. Like, you, you by the by the last, like, third, you're acutely aware of just how much uh, buttery finger has built up in your teeth. <laughs> to me, like, three musketeers. You can't really chew anymore, and your teeth stick together, like. I feel the same way about Three Musketeers, which is on its own a very boring candy bar in full size. Yeah. Um, and do you know, by the way, do you know why it's called Three Musketeers? No. No. Because the original concept, so right now the bar is that sort of a chocolate whipped filling throughout. But the original Three Musketeers bars actually had three flavors. A third of the stick was vanilla, a third was strawberry, and a third was chocolate. And it was called the Three Musketeers. And at some point, <laughs> they eliminated the two flavors and made the whole thing chocolate. Which sucks. Interesting. I never thought about it before, but now the name seems so stupid. Yep. It's very strange. And I think the flavors would have been way more fun because you get bored with chocolate in that kind of boring bar. It's like, is that, are those the Neapolitan flavors? Yes. Huh. Did it, 
Now I really want to try an old timey three musketeers <laughs> bar. Maybe there's yeah, is there like my, a market for those? My world just came crashing down. I don't know. Maybe there's one on eBay or something. I don't uh I don't know if you could find one. Um and I, to my knowledge, they didn't uh it was introduced in 1932, and the rising cost and wartime restrictions on sugar saw the phasing out of the vanilla and strawberry pieces. So it's been chocolate for much longer than it's been the three, but I'm surprised they never did like a throwback version. Right. I guess maybe it's been too long. Like no one remembers that there was something before. Uh, before the show started, we were talking about Mac OS Monterey released today. Yes. And we didn't know what was in it. But one of the things that Sean said was in it was, was like a shortcuts- chocolate mousse. <laughs> no, that's something else. No, what's in it, Dan? Shortcuts upgrades. Short, shortcuts for Mac. Oh, right. Which, which doesn't exist at all right now. Hmm. Uh, today, just today, I made my first... I, I wished for shortcuts for Mac. I was like, you know... Because here's my problem. Uh, sometimes I want to share photos on Discord. But the Discord share sheets thing in iOS sucks. Yeah. Photos that I've taken sucks. on my phone. It only works like 10% of the time. But the one on the desktop works 100% of the time. But if I transfer my, if I airdrop my little photos to my Mac and I try to share them, Discord's not smart enough to convert them from the HEIC thing to the JPEG and then no one can see them. So I have to convert them, which means like if I'm sharing multiple photos, open them up in preview, go to export for each one. I was like, oh, it's too much work. There must be a script for this. And I was like, I don't want to write a script for this. There must be an easier way to script this. And so I made my baby's first and last <laughs> automator service thing. I didn't even know what an automator service was. Uh, and it works great. Now I can highlight many files and right click on them and convert them all to JPEG. Nice. Have I? But so, No, go ahead. Uh, so I'm looking forward to shortcuts. Like maybe I will use it more. I have in my life created exactly one automator action, and that is right-clicking to convert H-E-I-C photos into JPEGs. <laughs> and I have, it's at work, it's so handy because I deal with a lot. Everyone sends me their iPhone photos, and they're all in that. Why Apple does that is so annoying. But I get email attachments with the photos on them. and no, We all have Windows computers. Nobody can open them. And so having a right, I just have a right click convert to JPEG and it's like, it's a game changer. I think the reason why they did it is the, the bottleneck when you're shooting some of these photos is the saving of them to disk. And so if you make the photos smaller, then it, you can save them to disk faster. And you do like the, the, if you're taking these like giant photos and you're holding down the, I guess now that takes a video, but it used to do like the, what do they call it? Flutter? Like burst mode. Burst mode. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Like what was the, I, I had this thought because if you go into the camera settings, which is the most important setting screen on the iPhone that no one is aware of probably. Mm-hmm. The one where you pick what format and how big your files are and stuff. Oh yeah, I forget what it is, but I think if I think if you want to do 4K 60, 
video, you have to store it in the high efficiency format. I think because otherwise it would just be too much data to write. Mm-hmm. But the, the CPU is so fast that it can convert it on the fly faster than the disk could save it, which is crazy. I mean, I don't have a problem with Apple coming up with their own proprietary format. I genuinely don't. But then they also have to go to every app and operating system manufacturer and say, here's all the here's all the compatibility info you need. Build it into Windows, build it into Adobe, like make it make it compatible with stuff. If you're going to do that, don't lock it into your own devices, because even though I can open up one of those photos or videos on my Mac, I can't just drag them into Adobe. It's just it's just not a useful format. It's insane. Um, So. I wonder, is it open? Is it an open format? It must be. I, I, again, it's people tell yeah, I can't open your photo. I said, son of a bitch. Uh, so, no, I am excited. The only other shortcut I've ever made was the one that connects my AirPods to my phone. Um, but I am excited. I do think they're going to be more useful on Mac. So I may, maybe we'll have to take a shortcuts challenge uh, and each build a shortcut. Uh, oh, I've built a shortcut. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready because I think there's some uh, neat opportunities in here. We must have talked about this. We did, but I'm I'm saying we got to create like a Mac specific one. Oh, not not my shortcut that tells Colby what date it is and sends him a random GIF. No, have you? By the way, have you auto? So is that an automated thing, or you have to manually activate it? I activate it. Oh, it searches Giphy for a random GIF. I'll do it right now. Well, I think you have to automate it like every day at noon. You're on mute, Colby. Um, ah, good idea. I said, uh, please don't automate it. <laughs> <laughs> or tie it to some other insane, like, when it's raining out, send Colby what time it is in a gift. Or like, you know, whatever other dumb things you can connect to it. That should be really our challenge is who can create like the dumbest, most complex shortcut. Right. Oh, sorry, Colby. I did it twice. Whoops. It's okay. I only got one. Ooh, two. Wow. The first one was a Nightmare Before Christmas gift. Number two is the same Nightmare Before Christmas gift. Oh, how random is it, Apple? It's not very random at all. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Monterey, pretty That'd be a fun challenge. Pretty exciting. I assume Speaking. I assume the Mac shortcuts will be I'll have the same experience I have with the iOS shortcuts where I think of one very cool thing to do with it and it almost works except like for one critical part of it that just Absolutely. isn't available. Like it seems like it would work, but it just doesn't work for inexplicable reasons. The 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 one I built that I the one that I know I could build, but I'm too lazy to build. And you can actually find people's shortcuts online and just download them. So I should probably look for this. Is one that will dis temporarily disable uh, the pie hole at home. There is a little API you can hit on your pie hole, haha, that uh, <laughs> that will turn it off for like a minute. Which is really useful if you if your theory is like, is this website not working because the pie hole's broken? Mm-hmm. But you're not at your laptop. Yeah, that would be cool. You could see. Do, do wait, Sean, are you pie holed up now? No. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Have, dude, come on. 
I got I got Wait. I got my mesh routers. That's as far as I got. <laughs> weren't you, didn't you weren't you going to get some like pre-installed uh that was for the that? smart home stuff smart home stuff which is still bookmarked on my computer and i continue to think about it but uh i'm trying to spend less money on stupid bullshit i'm going to use for a while and then get rid of so mm. i'm trying to help myself out but no i didn't the get pi- any more advanced than that the pie hole is amazing I, I know we've talked about it before but to have an ad blocker that just works on every device on your house, Apple TVs, YouTube apps. Do you, do you not have to watch ads on like Hulu? Sometimes. So there's a little bit of a cat and mouse game. I think that happens where it works for a while and then it breaks and then there's a pie hole update and it works again. And right. It's an uphill sense. battle. I did come up with a great ad blocking hack that I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of. Um, I like to play a couple of like really stupid free iOS games that are just like basic puzzles. Um, and between each level, they serve you up an ad and there's no way to get rid of them. And I learned the very simple trick of if you turn off the Wi-Fi and you block the cellular connection to the app, they can't serve you ads if you're not connected to the Internet. I'm so sure I'm not key. the first person to thought of that, <laughs> but hot damn, I felt smart when I did it. Now, the one game like this that I play, they have canned ads that ship really? with the app that they serve you wow. in, in that situation. Yeah, That's a bit much. I found that out when I played the game on the subway. I could boot up the game. It, first of all, it doesn't let you start playing the game if you don't have an internet connection. Mm. But then I'd lose an internet connection sometimes and I'd hit one of those ad points and it would just show me the same ad for years. Same ad. Wow. <laughs> you can't win with these guys. No. Do you think once in a while they get like, you know, someone someone reconnects, you know, reconnects their phone after an incredibly long time and they get like a, a gajillion dollars of like <laughs> offline ad <laughs> views? Just all slam right back. I bet the way it works is that it's just like a flat fee thing and this company paid them like five hundred thousand dollars to just be the offline ad forever because there's probably no safe way to guarantee that those aren't like fraudulent views or something (laughs) that's probably true i just like the idea of dan being on the subway playing a game and suddenly he gets an ad for like shrek 2 or something 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 like really out of date now can't can't you like turn off data for like on an app by app basis yeah that's what i did nice that's cool I you can't you, you can't just... do it on wi-fi but you can do it on cellular so as long as you're not on wi-fi and you turn it off for the individual app kaboom you got him crushed him you got now, jokes on you what what game is this sean oh boy do i really have to tell you i think you do huh. I think you do. Oh, boy. Uh, no, there's two two of these that I use this hack on. One is called, uh, I believe it's called Water Connection, which is one of the games where you have to, like, move a bunch of pipes so the water flows from one pipe to the other. <laughs> Again, I just That's love nice. these stupid, simple puzzle games. I've played 758 of these stupid things. It's pretty good. And then uh, I just started on Wudoku which is Wood Sudoku. Oh, my God. Lena's into Wudoku. Oh, my God. We're going to have to chat about this. Uh, But it's where you take the little wood pieces and you have to clear them using Sudoku. So it's Sudoku just just it looks like wood. 
but there's no numbers. So you clear it based on the, the, the nine little squares or the horizontal or vertical clearing, but there's yeah. no numbers. It's really more wood than it is Sudoku. <laughs> yeah, I was confused about that, too. I was like, oh, how do you like solve the puzzle? And it's like, no, you just fill up squares. There's yes. no puzzle. Oh, oh, there's no puzzle. It's basically like uh, Tetris with one extra dimension. There and, you go. And no stress. Yes, and that's what I love about both of those games is right. <laughs> is you don't really ever lose. Um, it never really gets any harder, <laughs> and you just do it until you get bored. My kind did of you ever, Did you ever play that game? I played it some when I was when I was train commuting, but the the one it's 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 kind of like a, a crossword puzzle, but also like Scrabble, and there's like a wheel of letters, and you yes. have to like connect the letters and like that fill in the crossword puzzle. I can't remember what it's hell called. yeah, I don't remember what's called either. I played the hell out of that. Yeah, that was that was fun. I played too much of that at one point. There's one on Apple Arcade. I think it's called Tiny Crosswords. Where it's a crossword, but they give you a clue, and you got to do the words. But all the words are like five letters or less, so it's not hard. You know, it's like uh, meows with a tail, cat, C A T. Like it's all really easy. So I feel very smart. Amazing. And this is why I don't own an Xbox. (laughs) Unless they now have Wodoku for Xbox. I mean, it's it. It could could be. I saw on the App Store that Subway Surfer is still a thing. That's that's the phone game that I had the biggest problem Hell with yeah. in college. I'm pretty sure one time I played Subway Surfer for like 36 hours straight, and then I woke, <laughs> I woke, I woke up from my, my Subway Surfer trance, and I, I decided to stop. It was too much. Uh, that game never got me. That game gets stressful. That's the problem. I, I can't get addicted to a game that's that stressful. Well, that was that's why I don't know. I don't I wouldn't have thought I could either. <laughs> I, I would have thought I'd just give up before before I did anything, but who knows? I haven't tried to play since. I don't know what they've done with the place. What's the first iPhone game you remember really playing? <sighs> I know the first iPhone game I ever loved playing, and that was, again, you're not going to be surprised. And I got my iPod Touch because I had one of those before I had an iPhone. But it was, you know, those ga- <laughs> you know, those puzzles where it's like 12 squares and one is missing. And so you slide them around to make the picture. <laughs> yeah, Literally, slide puzzle. I had that app and I played I'm probably Colby. I probably played 36 hours straight. I'm, by the way, now not to brag, I'm very good at those kinds of puzzles because I put, like you could shuffle that any way you want, and I would be like, fuff, 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 fuff. I could, I could still do them pretty good. But that game, I that, loved. That does it get harder with like more pieces? Yes, it does. Okay. And so you could basically play infinitely at any level, but they went up to where it was like 40 of them, and you'd have to kind of mix and move them around. I can't remember the first the first game I had, but the the first iPhone app I have a memory of was the IMT Pain app. Yeah, not not because it was a good app, but because on the first like weekend of college, frenemy of the show Colin Turkle uh, <laughs> really wanted to try the IMT Pain app, and I had an iPhone, and and it was like three dollars or something. 
and he said that if I bought it so we could play around with it, uh, he would pay me back. And as far as I remember, he has never he has never reimbursed me for my purchase of the IMD paint. <laughs> By the way, he owes a lot of other people a lot more money than that. <laughs> but I think the three dollar amount is pretty insulting. <laughs> I but just, again, that uh, that was in yeah. the era where like the number one app on the app store was like a fake lighter. Like, you know, that, that was back in that era where like, like it was that like Yes, or like push here <laughs> to make a fart sound. Like it was it was pretty bad back in those days. And I remember the IMT Pain app where it's basically auto-tune your own voice. Can you still download it, Colby? Can you go into like your purchase history and still download I it? I was just wondering <laughs> that. Let's see. I'll I'll look it up. Just Dan, go all you, the way. Do you have a story while I'm uh, uh no, yeah, I remember my the first iPhone game that I got really addicted to was Doodle Jump. Oh yes, 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 yes. You it has uses the accelerometer and you kind of tilt the phone back and forth, and your little doodle oh, monster yeah. jumps up and down. You got to dodge these like spaceships or something that were gonna suck you up or something like that. Yeah, that was pretty big. But then when I got my first job in New York, I couldn't play the game anymore because you can't play those games on the subway because it moves around too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just very frustrating. <laughs> so that was the end of Doodle Jump for me and probably the beginning of my threes, my threes problem. Nice. I, remember, I remember Cut the Rope I got pretty far into, which is still around. Oh, yeah. Um, and Fruit Ninja. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Angry Birds era. Um, Angry they made a movie out of that. They made two movies, Colby. <laughs> oh God! If you can believe it. Uh, and and didn't wasn't that the one that did shockingly well? The movie or the app? The movie. The first movie did pretty well. The second movie, not so much. Uh. All right, I found this app on here. How long do you think it's been since the IMT Pain app was updated? <laughs> Twenty fourteen. What's the year right now? 2021. <laughs> so that would have been seven years ago. It is close, but older. Eight years ago? Nine years ago? Nine years ago. Which is crazy because you would have bought it. It would have been 2009. Which is... 10 year, 11 years ago? So that's they, that did not stick around. <laughs> So at the top at the top of the the app page it says the developer of this app needs to update it to work with your version of iOS which I don't think I've ever seen before. And the first like the features featured review is what happened to this app? <laughs> Can you in the details will it say what level of iOS it's compatible with? Mm, that's a good question. Compatibility all it says is it actually so so if you scroll down to the compatibility section it says this app is compatible with your iPhone um because the like the combat compatibility is listed as requires iOS 5.0.1 or later <laughs> <laughs> 10 iOSs ago yeah that's awesome Amazing. I mean, wasn't it like iOS 3 that introduced apps? That's why. <laughs> Probably, right? Ooh, developer website. 
Now, if you if this is fun, if you scroll all the way down on your purchases, you can see like the first four apps I downloaded, I still have on my phone. Oh, that would make sense. What uh... Spotify, Netflix, Kindle, and Twitter. Dropbox then got deleted. That and it's you know LastPass no longer. Flipboard nope. And that was the the, the five apps I downloaded because I got an iPhone after the App Store. So the, the apps I downloaded on day one apparently was Spotify, Netflix, Amazon, Twitter, Dropbox, Facebook, Talkatone, whatever that is. LastPass, Gmail, Flipboard. <laughs> I have... Wow, Talkatone, whatever it is, was updated three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm surprised how many of these are still, like, a thing. For some reason, the first app I downloaded was the Associated Press Mobile. Mm, I think there was a set of, like, get started with these apps. Maybe that's it. Because I, I had, I had I that had, as well. Yeah. I had iTunes Remote, Facebook, Flashlight. I, I had iTunes like, Remote. I had Flashlight. I had AOL Radio, which is pretty oh, impressive. I have AIM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a units free unit converter. That sounds a- Air hockey. I played a lot of air hockey. Nice. Oh, I have a Sudoku, regular Doku. You know, it's funny, too, as you scroll through history, now I'm getting to, like, Zynga poker and draw something. Oh, man, I remember some of these apps. So weird. Scrabble Premium. Probably splurge for that one. <laughs> wow. This is really compelling radio, I think. No, it's just scrolling. For, there, there is an app that's now just called Old Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's what they call Dunkin' Donuts in uh, in New England. <laughs> e, e old Dunkin' Donuts. With E on it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh There's a place in, in Rhode Island called Ye Old Fish and Chips, spelled that way. Nice. I think it was like decent fish and chips, too. People liked it. Um, Gentlemen, I will let you know. Uh, bantering is always a treat, like scrolling through our phones, phone silently. Uh, <laughs> we can we can move into the news. I've also prepared a game if we want to give that a shot, but it's up to you guys what you would like to do. I mean, I think the answer is obvious. I've been surprised <laughs> before. <laughs> Let's do the game. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. You guys Dan said a- there were two big news things that happened this week, and I don't know what either of them. I don't either. <laughs> so I promise we'll get to that. I'll do an abbreviated version of our game. Okay. And the reason I wanted to bring the game to the show was because you guys are actually going to help me play test over at Up for Debate. Uh, Sean Vember is right around the corner, and part of Sean Vember is going to be another trivia challenge. Now, none of you two are going to be on it, so I can use you as test subjects. It is an all audio pop culture trivia explosion challenge thing and so i want to play test one of the rounds with the two of you so you two are going to go head to head on this are you willing to to give it a shot yeah okay throw down the concept of this round is television commercials okay and it's very simple i'm going to play for you a television commercial or at least the audio of one and all you guys have to do is guess what year 
the commercial aired. We'll alternate who goes first. It's whoever is closest with going over. Uh, if you, in the case you both go over, um, and we'll see who's better at guessing these. Are you ready? No, yeah. Wait, so does not going over? Do you? Do you? It's who's ever closest, going including going over. Okay. Non prices right rolls. Gotcha. What's the tiebreaker? Uh, <laughs> I never remember to come up with one, so I'll save one of these as the tiebreaker. <laughs> Uh, and the other thing I'll mention, uh, not that it's that helpful, but all the commercials take place between 1970 and 2000. So you got a nice span okay, there, but narrows it down a little bit. Are you ready? Um, I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right. We're going yep. to start with this one from Taco Bell. Wow. That was the uh, Steak Burrito Bel Grande from Taco Bell. Uh, Dan, you get to guess first. What year was that commercial from? 1988. 1988. Good guess. Good guess. Colby, how about you? I was going to say 1987. Okay. You can still say that. I'm still going to say it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, It just came to me. I don't know. It just (laughs) felt right. Well, one of you is closest, but you both guessed under, which means Dan gets the win. It was from 1992. Nice. We were pretty close. An, an early 90s jam from Taco Bell. So Dan gets the first point. Let's go on to this next one. Uh, it is from Diet Coke. I thought it would taste good, but not this good. Diet Coke, yeah, Diet Coke. I don't care if it's diet or undiet. It tastes great. Diet Coke taste. there's both oh don't step on the keyboard Kenny. stop stop you keep restarting it um so that was that was diet coke colby you got to guess first what year was that commercial from 1974 1974 all right what's the range again 1970 to 2000 i'm gonna do 1972 so even earlier not leaving yourself a lot of wiggle room there dan mm-hmm uh, this one you both again guessed under. It's 1983. Diet wow. Coke was actually introduced in, I think, like 1982. Wow. Wow, the, the audio quality was so bad. It, it's <laughs> Well, these are all off of somebody's VHS tapes from a closet, I'm sure. Colby gets a point, and you're all tied up. How about we do one more for a tiebreaker? How does that sound? Sounds good. All right, let's play this one. This is for stovetop stuffing. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, why isn't it? Why aren't you playing? Oh no, did the cap break this? Let me try a different one. (laughs) Introducing an American car designed for a changing world and with a commitment to quality. The beautifully new stovetop stuffing. Contemporary in styling, energy efficient, smaller in size. But not at the expense of room. 
With Granada's highest mileage ratings ever, and with attention to detail, the kind of detail you can see, feel, and hear. <laughs> the new Granada, built for a changing world from Ford. I love that. I love that guy. That, back when that guy used to be in commercials, that voiceover guy. Man, this is like one of those Super Bowl commercials where you can't tell how it's going to be about, you know, GoDaddy until the very end. Yeah, no, I, the stovetop one wouldn't play, so we went with Ford instead. Dan, when is this commercial from? Oh. Uh, 1978. The Ford Granada. He says 78, Colby? 1979. Again, you both were under, so Colby gets it, but you were very close. 1980. Wow. Oh, you're real close. 1980, you were was, right there. That's two to one for Colby. I, I, I promise. We'll, we'll. This is the end of the game, but I do have to play the stovetop ad because I absolutely love it. It's probably my favorite out of the bunch. So let's see if I can get it to play here. You stupid son of a gun! It won't play. This. Oh man, this stove one's top. good. I'm gonna try one quick thing here. I had to. Hey, chicken. But where's the stuffing? Chicken's almost done, now it's time to make stuffing. Stovetop makes it easy, just push a little button. It's stovetop stuffing for your microwave oven. Yeah! Stovetop microwave stuffing is so easy to make. Just pour it into its own tray, add water, and microwave. In just three minutes, you get that great stovetop taste. Stovetop makes it easy, just push a little button. It's stovetop stuffing for your microwave oven. Jazzy. So jazzy. It's pretty solid. Pretty solid. Any guesses on the year on this one? Colby, you technically won, but... 1985. Damn. 1984. No, again, you guys are guessing under a lot. 80, God! It is 89. Damn it. 89. I almost did the, the 86 instead, but I was like, there's no way it's going to be under again. Yep. Unfortunately, no. Good job, guys. Congratulations, Colby, on your victory of the commercial <laughs> challenge. We're going to be having a lot of fun audio. Uh, we're going to be doing some movie trailer clues, some name that tune with some music, um, as well as these commercials and more. So check that out for Sean Vember. Sounds amazing. The uh, I don't know what it was about, except for the stovetop one. All of those, I listened to it, and imme- immediately I knew it was like, it's this year. I Obviously, I wasn't right about any of this. But, <laughs> but you were confident either way. <laughs> It just came to me. I mean, I am a dork who literally will watch like old commercial compilations on YouTube because I find them fascinating. So um, after a while, you you sort of begin to notice certain clues, including how bad the audio is based on what year it is. (laughs) Um, Those tapes do not last. Um, Well, with that, why don't we move into news? Dan, you said you had two stories you wanted to talk about. Well... Yeah, don't we have the Facebook trove of documents that were leaked and the Google trove of documents that were leaked? I actually don't know about the Google documents, to be honest with you, but we can certainly talk about the Facebook papers. All right, and I'll find a story for the Google ones. Okay. Um, Yeah, there's a a lot to talk about here. We're not going to get through all of it, but we'll get through some of the key points. Francis Hogan. Uh, a whistleblower from Facebook released a trove of internal documents all over the media over the past couple weeks. Uh, she testified to Congress. Um, the SEC is looking into this. The documents have been sent to Congress and media outlets everywhere. Pretty widely reported. A lot of bad stuff going on over at Facebook. So why don't we talk about some of these in no particular order? 
among the things that came out of it. Uh, Facebook uh, was caught off guard by vaccine misinformation, specifically in comments. Uh, one document dated March 2021 shows an employee raising the alarm about how unprepared the platform was, um, especially around the ability to detect vaccine-hesitant comments. Um they say, quote, comments are a significant portion of misinfo on Facebook and are almost a complete blind spot for us in terms of enforcement and transparency right now. Um, Facebook will say they worked very hard, um, including uh, automated flagging systems. But according to those fi- the files, that system weren't being used to actually downrank the comments. It was just to flag them. Um, and. As of the March memo, there were no plans to develop moderation infrastructure like labeling guidelines and a classifier system within comments. Um, it says here, uh, documents show Facebook was aware of the problem. One comment on the post reads, for English posts on vaccines, vaccine hesitancy prevalence among comments is 50%. <laughs> nice. Crushed it. Uh, stop, stop me if you'd like to talk about that, or I'll keep going on to the next even worse thing. <laughs> Continue. Uh, Apple threatened to ban Facebook over online slave markets. Uh, <laughs> Apple uh, had been tipped off uh, that domestic workers were being sold via Instagram and other apps um, in countries like Saudi Arabia and Indonesia, um, where sellers encouraged buyers to mistreat the workers by doing such thing as confiscating their passports. Facebook had been aware of the problem, but apparently hadn't understood the scope of it because very little content had been reported by users. Um, after Apple escalated the issue, Facebook moderators swept the platforms for keywords and hashtags, ultimately disabling over 1,000 accounts and removing nearly 130,000 pieces of content. Uh, it also removed a policy exemption, letting established brick and mortar businesses like recruitment agencies post ads about domestic workers. Um, apparently, it still continues to this day. Classic. Is that all? Or are there more? Oh, no, there's more. I You tell me when to stop. I'll keep going. Um, let's see. Um I'm not going to go through all these, but I'm going to jump around. Remember we talked on the show a while ago how likes were going to be hidden on Instagram to help make people less crazy? Yes. Yeah, ever wonder why that never happened? Uh, A quiet test of the experience on the Facebook app was killed, along with Instagram, after leadership told Zuckerberg that it wasn't a top top barrier to sharing nor a top concern for people. Um, It shows concerns among leadership about how the Facebook app would have been perceived if Instagram hid the like counts and Facebook did not. Uh, employees working on Instagram wanted to build as a way to depressurize the app for young people, but the team working on the Facebook app wasn't into the idea. Um, Facebook wanted to minimize the blowbook to the Facebook app and still ensure credit ladders up to the Facebook company um, and not mess with their original um, goals there. Uh, And I'll just give you one more. Uh, in October of 2020, Facebook announced it would stop recommending civil and political groups to users in the U.S. as part of a broader effort uh, following the 2016 election. Uh, but actually, it never really worked. Um, a document shows Facebook employees grappling uh, with this idea, which found 30 separate groups still appearing in recommendation feeds in apparent violation of the policy. The reason for that uh, that came out in this internal report is that the monitoring system had been trained to only look at the past seven days of content 
when determining whether a page fell into the civic groups category, which meant pages were constantly filtering in and out as the period views by the algorithm changed. In practice, that meant a pro-Trump or pro-Biden group could easily dodge the label by posting a few days worth of less obviously political content. Uh, They estimate that a full 12% of labeled groups would churn out of the category from day to day. So a bunch of bad stuff. And that's just the tip of the ding-dang iceberg. Um, Guys, quite a shocking revelation. Uh, Facebook is bad. (laughs) Yeah. It's, they've had a rough couple months here. I'm not saying it's undeserved, but uh, yeah, they really can't catch a break. I think something that's definitely obviously true is that a lot of people at, at Facebook think that they're doing bad things yeah because all this stuff is getting leaked and people don't do that just for fun you're right uh yeah but it's it's nothing that it's nothing surprising uh, the, the one thing i saw that was surprising and it, there's been so much news. I, I I don't even remember where this was, but something about some violence, political violence thing. Uh, maybe it wasn't violence necessarily, but these like really charged topics. Oh, it was. That's right. It was filtering out stories that receive a lot of angry reactions on Facebook from the news feed because they saw that those stories were most likely to be like triggering for lack of a better word uh and and zuck shot it down and said he didn't want to do anything that would curtail like meaningful social interaction (laughs) and it's like wow what's your definition of meaningful social interaction yeah yeah well you know it all it all circles back to ad revenue at the end of the day you know, when user engagement, I mean, when you're focused solely on that metric, um, you know, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I wonder if I'm referenced in any of the documents. <gasps> Colby. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> the Colby papers. <laughs> right. Boston-based podcast host is called before Congress to testify. And <laughs> I can imagine Colby, like calling up the Boston Globe. I got some Facebook secrets to leak. The the coffee in the break room wasn't very good. Uh, another piece that came out today out of this paper, but also some of Facebook's conversation, is their aging user base. Um, teenage users of the Facebook app in the U.S. has declined by 13% since 2019 and projected to drop 45% over the next two years. I'm driving an overall decline in daily users. Young adults between the ages of 20 and 30 were expected to decline to decline by 4% during the same time frame. Uh, basically, old people use Facebook and less and less younger people are using it. Um, you want to talk about what's, uh, what's really dangerous for Facebook. It's losing that key... Uh, frankly, marketing demographic, Uh, quote, according to the internal presentation, quote, most young adults perceive Facebook as a place for people in their 40s and their 50s. Young adults perceive content as boring, misleading and negative. They often have to get past irrelevant content to get to what matters. And it added that they have a wide range of negative associations with Facebook, including privacy concerns, impact to their well-being, along with low awareness of relevant services. 
Well, that's funny because on the front page of The Verge right now, it says Facebook says it's refocusing company on, quote, serving young adults. Exactly. Exactly. I don't like the sound. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was, God, there was that other, um, there was that other story. This was early out of these leaks about their research into young children. And they were talking about like, how does Facebook become part of children's playtime? Like that whole sort of like, how do we get involved with children at an even younger age? Gross. Very gross. Disturbing. Didn't I swear I saw also saw something today that their Facebook is changing the name of their company, the yes. parent company, rebranding. Yes, in the same way Google changed to Alphabet. Um, right. What will Facebook's name be? Any guesses? Uh, Any suggestions? What's the opposite of a face? Mask. Dictionary. No, that's a book. <laughs> so, so, so you're you're sort of if you're going, then it would be like butt movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should bring back the the. <clears throat> just do the Facebook again. Right. The book. The book. Hey, that's slick. Maybe it'll just be face. Ooh, face with no a f c e. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, honest, my honest guess is, is Zuck keeps talking up the uh, metaverse. They, they said they're going to spend $10 billion on the metaverse, whatever that is. Uh, and so I wonder if meta or something like that um, is worked into the name. That's my best actual guess. Hmm. That makes sense. That's probably a good guess. But I, I will say overall, um, I, I keep reading these news stories, but there was a specific one. I don't know if it was the Times or the Washington Post. Somebody did a story out of Montana about, oh boy, I'm going to forget some of the details, but there's basically a federal land program run out of the National Park Service where you can designate an area as like a, as a historical area. You know, I think Chicago is one because of its history of culture or whatever. It doesn't mean anything other than the government will give you a little bit of money to promote the fact that you're a historical area. There's no, like, other participation with the government beyond that. And so Montana, for years, has been trying to get some of their areas declared one of these federal historic areas and get a little bit of money. Well, some random lady in Montana got on Facebook and started reading all kinds of crazy misinformations about how this was a secret plot by the government to slowly take Montana's land. And then she fell down a slippery slope. So then she started a petition and personally paid for a bunch of mailers to rural Montana farmers saying the government's coming to take your land, even though that's not true. And it got so far that the governor of Montana signed a law that said nowhere in Montana could ever be considered one of these federal areas. Um, And now she's trying to go to Washington to do away with the program altogether, even though it's not any of those things. And it was because of Facebook. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't sound different than anyone else on the issue, but it, it, it really is robustly staggering how I used to, people used to say like, Oh, Facebook is really damaged. I'd be like, man, it's a small part of it and blah, blah. But it's like, no, I really legitimately think like, 
if Facebook went away tomorrow, not everything would get better right away, but who boy, would it make a hell of a difference now? Yeah. Pursuant to that, like how much of this happens on Twitter and how much of this happens on like TikTok? I think it, and, and why, why the difference? Is it all down to demographics? Is it the, the nature of the platform? I'm going to, this is just totally my opinion. Uh, I haven't read any evidence uh, to specifically answer that, but I do think it's a combination of having the biggest installed user base, having the biggest global installed user base. There was a quote in one of these that said, if you think things are bad in the U S it's 10% of what the, the, it's 10% of what the world is seeing in terms of stupid bullshit on Facebook. Um, So it's having that extra large audience. And it's the fact that it is an all in one platform where Twitter's very good at doing one thing and Instagram's very good at doing one thing and TikTok's very good at doing one thing. On Facebook, you do everything. And I think it's that combination of news and groups and finding jobs and and a robust commenting interface that Twitter doesn't really have and even Instagram doesn't use as aggressively. Yeah. Um, mm. I think it's just a bad combination. Um, and, and it's just this this insane addiction to the algorithm more or less to drive adoption that even Twitter with their algorithm, although they came out, I don't know if you guys saw that article, Twitter came out the other day, did research. They found their own algorithm favors, uh, right wing topics unintentionally. Nice. And there was the other Facebook story. Honestly, there's just been so much about this where the Facebook engineers made up a fake lady. I don't know if you saw this one. They made up a fake lady, put her, uh, signed her up for Facebook as just like a regular mom in the Midwest or whatever. And she liked Donald Trump and Fox News. And that was it. Within three days, she was getting full on QAnon stuff. It, it, it was insane. And they couldn't even believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, what are we going to do about this? We got to do something. Delete your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Delete it. Yep. That. My, by the way, uh, Facebook just announced their earnings. They made $28 billion last quarter, and their stock went up 3%. So. Nice. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. It- I would like to see. I would like to see more research. Like, I'm curious if Facebook sees like are there kind are there people who are more susceptible to getting advertised the the QAnon stuff right uh like of the Fox News Donald Trump likers who get the QAnon stuff who converts to QAnon from that are there patterns there or is it kind of everyone doesn't matter if you like Fox Trump and Fox and uh, Fox Trump Fox <laughs> Donald Trump and Fox News uh, and you get a QAnon ads and you get enough QAnon ads you're probably just going to convert to the to the religion that's a good question. I mean, that's, that's a question I would ask. And that's one thing. I mean, even before all these leaks, there were researchers who were really aggressively looking at all this stuff and they never had access to the right data they needed to do it. It turns out Facebook was internally researching it the whole time. So um, I think that would be one straightforward thing for Facebook to do would be to begin to reopen up. I mean, it, their platform has been more open in the past to reopen up their platform to researchers. Well, yeah. 
Don't, but then you don't want to get Cambridge Analytica. That's true. So this all comes full circle. <laughs> that is true. But I mean, um, that's that was one of the things we learned was back when uh, CrowdTangle was the platform that Facebook bought, but that was the one researchers were using to get a lot of data out of. And Facebook, not to say they lied, but they skewed some data to make it look different than what researchers were finding through Facebook's own tool, and then they shut down the tool. So... Yeah, I think that there are definitely parts of Facebook that care about doing this, about fixing this, and that's why they do the research. I, I think it was, I don't remember if it was Mark Zuckerberg or some other Facebook spokesperson that was like, well, if we didn't, if we wanted this to happen, why would we fund all this research into it? It's like, well, first of all, you're a big company that made how many tens of billions of dollars last last quarter? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can afford to do shit you don't believe in. But second of all, uh, it's it's evident that at the highest levels, you don't believe in it. Even if there are parts of the company whose job it is on paper to, to fix these things, we now have the documents to prove that in some cases, uh, you'd rather prioritize engagement or what did, what did he call it? A uh, legitimate social <laughs> discourse or whatever. Than, than safety. Right. I feel like it wouldn't be the first time that an American company did research that was who whose results were bad yeah. for them, and just kind of they didn't like, publish it. Mm. So the what, what was that car? Uh, the Pinto. The, yes. Who exploded when you rear-ended it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, all you got to do is look at the oil industry in the seventies, who's very accurately predicted the rise in carbon in the atmosphere by this time uh, in the future. Yeah. So um, no, it's true. But at what point? I mean, I think one thing that has to be remembered about Facebook that's a little different than Google and some of these other companies is is Zuckerberg really is the buck stops here guy at Facebook. You know, he still has an enormous amount of the stock and he still has an enormous amount of say in what happens at the business. And every time you read into what is being done, um, a lot of it is like we pitched it up the chain to Zuckerberg and he said no or he said shut it down. And at at what point do the does does someone have to say we get it? You have a large it's sort of like. Elon Musk and Tesla, where Tesla's like, all right, Elon, thank you for being our cheerleader for a while, but you're a little too fucking crazy, so just back off and let us run the company. (laughs) At what point do they say that to Zuckerberg? Yeah. Well, they can't, right? Well, but that's... (laughs) Because of the... But that's because I, of the the structure of the board and so forth. I, I, they can't legally, but they can in terms of media pressure, in terms of employee pressure, in terms of stockholder pressure. Um, it, it, certainly a campaign can be waged. I mean, Apple kicked out Steve right. Jobs and he co-founded the company. So, um, but he, but unlike Mark Zuckerberg, he didn't have a controlling share. That's true. In the company. That's true. Right. Wow. You know, all these guys, right? Like they, they don't have to do any of this. They are choosing to do it, which blows my mind. Yeah. If I was Elon Musk and I was that freaking crazy and I had that much money, I would just do whatever I wanted instead of running a company. Running a company sounds like a lot of work. Yep. Yep. I agree. Same thing with Mark Zuckerberg. He could fly his little his uh, hydroplaning surfboard throughout his private island in Hawaii for the rest <laughs> of his life. 
never have to see someone ever again. It's true. You could just shut it down and move there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we're going to start a GoFundMe to buy Facebook away from Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Guys, every dollar counts, so donate today. <laughs> Could you even do it? I, you know, I have thought about that where I'm like, any sort of like what's a jo- like could someone buy Pepsi or something like if you were a billion could could how big just think of like Jeff Bezos as an example like what's the biggest company he could legitimately buy right but here's what I was thinking is how are there if you take all if you take Mark Zuckerberg and all the people who have invested in Facebook heavily and or are on the board and you compared their wealth to the wealth of everyone else. <laughs> uh, what would it look like? Hmm. That's a good question. All right. I'm assuming how many a lot. shares of, of Facebook does does uh, Warren Buffett own or Bill Gates? Well, we can find out. I I literally just I'm gonna find some data here they do have a market cap of just shy of a trillion dollars so um, that's how much it would cost to buy all of the outstanding stock um but let me see who the because you would legally have to announce who your top shareholders are so let me see if i can find it in here that would be interesting and yeah, we're probably we're not even going to get to the Google controversy this week or the Amazon controversy. Well, that's why I said it's end. such a freaking bummer week for news, man. Oh, I was scrolling through it. I'm like, just I want some like stupid announcement or some gimmicky gadget or um, just something just bummed me out. So, uh, oh, here we go. Holders. Uh, now, this isn't helpful. Hmm. I'll have to get my financial guy on this. Oh, do you know that Mark Zuckerberg gets paid $25 million a year? Oh my god. On top of what he uh nice. on top of what he has in stock. Does he get paid in Zuck bucks? Only good at the Facebook company store. Which basically exists. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. I I literally, uh, not to get off topic, but um, we're doing a Halloween costume contest at work at the office. And I've been put in charge of making it happen, which is not something I really have any interest in doing, but I'm a nice mm-hmm. guy. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, can we like get like cash or a gift card for the winner? And they're like, no. Because you have to like pay taxes on it, and it's a bunch of paperwork. So All I'm right. like, okay, can we give them like go buy them a cooler or a gift? And they're like, no, if it's worth more than like twenty dollars, we have to do paperwork on it. <laughs> so I'm like, so what can we? And they're like, we'll just offer them some like free gear with the company logo on it, like some shirts with the company <laughs> logo on it. And I'm like, oh, so we are shopping at the goddamn company store. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, you got you got the best costume, Colby. Here's a uh, here's a jacket with the company logo on it. Congrats. Bummed me out. I'm pretty sure the the company store had like all the items of clothing you could ever need. Like, I'm pretty sure there was like underwear and stuff if you really (laughs) wanted. Look, I've learned from working for a lot of the working with a lot of these branding companies. You can put your logo on anything. 
Dream big. Yeah, I believe it. Yep. Well, <laughs> next week, hopefully, the news is less of a bummer or we get to these other stories. Yeah, maybe we didn't talk about the Google Pixel 6 at all. Oh, yeah. Huge bummer. How will we live with ourselves? Uh, do you guys have any picks this week? or <laughs> I have a pick, but I can save it for next week. Eh, we're at an hour. All right. All right. There's always more time for picks. Uh, guys, anything else you'd like to say or do this evening? Mm, no. No. I'm good. Nope. They're done. Uh, so we're done. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Don'tPanic.io is our great website. You should go there. Uh, it will not lead you to follow conspiracy theories. We can promise you that. We don't yet have an algorithm that does that. No, there's no algorithm at all. Well, there's the... the This Week in Pixery? That's, that's technically that's kind of like algorithm. a news feed. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. I, I just went to the website, and it says, This Week in 2013... Hillary Clinton drank a child's blood. That can't be right. I don't remember picking that. Um, no, it's a very nice website. It's good. You should check it out. Don'tpank.io. All the uh, past picks are there. I actually just looked um, at some of our uh, past picks here. Colby, you picked Uncharted, which the movie's coming out soon. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Marky did Mark. you watch that trailer? I did not watch the trailer. Is it good? Uh, I reserve. I, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> Colby, did you watch the trailer? <laughs> I watched at least the first thirty seconds. <laughs> okay. Well, th- there you go. That tells you, Sean. <laughs> Look forward to that. Uh, and of course, you can uh, subscribe wherever you get the podcast. Check us out there, and of course, uh, reach out to us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter or email us at gmail.com. We are going to wrap it up here. Going to be back next week, next Monday. You're definitely going to want to join us then for some uplifting tech news, we hope. But until then, on behalf of Dan and Colby, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time for another wonderful episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.